Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who is ready to emerge from the ash like Galadriel did, Ryan Nelson. Funny you mentioned that, Justin. Thank you for the Rings of Power, for educating us. Volcano <laughs> and lava, not that deadly. Not that deadly, apparently. Hey, anybody can survive a volcano. What, what, what's the problem here, folks, if you can't get through a volcano? I mean, Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the sixth and seventh episodes of Prime Videos, The Rings of Power. If you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out, though, by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and we finally have enough ratings on Spotify for it to start actually registering a, a uh, an actual rating, so I'm glad to see that. Appreciate all you guys who have been doing so. And also, if you have time, though, you could write us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you do write a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record, just like I'm going to do right now, from this review titled Great Work by Maroon Man Morris. I'm pretty sure this is Stephen Norris. He's a guy I have followed on Twitter. Uh, We've become kind of friends on Twitter, so I'm pretty sure this is who that's from, but he wrote, Fantastic show, guys. What a time to be alive in pop culture with three massive franchises, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Star Wars, putting out fantastic shows. Love Justin's insight on Lord of the Rings as I did not read the books, but love the movies. Y'all are a big part of my weekly entertainment. Thanks for the content. So, thank you, Maroon Man. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that's Stephen Norris, but uh, uh, Stephen Morse, but I could be wrong. And I agree on your knowledge. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> it helps me <laughs> tremendously. Well, I'm glad that I can. I'm glad that that content, that useless knowledge is coming in, in use somewhere. So, it's nice, <laughs> nice to know. So. All right, so we are talking about the... Well, look, we're going to talk a little bit about Episode 6. We're not going to spend that much time on it. Obviously, you've seen Episode 6 for quite a while. Episode 7 is now out. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, obviously, I would stop this podcast and go listen to it. But uh, that's where we're going to be focusing most of our attention on. Uh, Ryan, we haven't heard from you in a while. You obviously, look, real quick update on just why the podcast has kind of been uh, a little uh, 
Elter Skelter recently. Obviously, uh, Ryan was out of town. Uh, that's the reason we had Blake, uh, thankfully, fill in for him uh, while Ryan was out of town. We're very appreciative of Blake coming in and doing so. Yes. yes. And, thank, you. thank you, Cousin Blake. Yes. Cousin. Speaking of cousin, we'll talk about cousins later on. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we're glad that Blake could come in and fill in for, uh, for Ryan. Last week, when we were supposed to record, I ended up coming down with early stages of pneumonia. Uh, I am about 90% at this point. I'm just hoping and praying that I don't get a coughing fit because if I do, it's kind of hard to stop at that point. So, uh, anyway, just wanted to let you guys know that's the reason why we haven't been here and that's the reason we didn't get any episodes out last week. We were kind of hoping that maybe on Tuesday of last week I could record, Tuesday of earlier this week, and that I could we could record, but I just got kind of run down and I was kind of done by the end of the day. So, uh, we are back though and better than ever, and we are here and we are talking about the rings of power and we'll talk about some other stuff a little bit later on. But real quick, just like I said, you haven't chimed in since episode four of this show. So uh, what have you kind of been thinking going before we get to episode seven? What were you thinking about episodes five and six? So I really liked five uh, and I thought you and Blake did a good job of describing it. Six, I liked it until the end. And then seven. I was the opposite of that one. That's interesting. uh, I thought the fight was awesome. Now, there was stuff that I didn't like. Um, you know, well, the fight was okay. Let me let me let me let's kind of talk about that a little bit. I'm glad that we're okay. talking about this. Then, I thought the yeah. fight was great. I thought the the battle scene was wonderful. It was an, it yeah. was a really good battle scene. I just thought there were some really bad storytelling choices yeah. that they made in the process. I mean, Ron Deer all of a sudden. He's like lost his elf hearing. He's lost his elf smell. Right. I mean, because like he's got Theo just following him around like it's no big deal. Uh, he finds, like I said, there were some issues in terms of that that I had. Well, I had how, some also, how did Waldrick get the hilt? Yeah, well, how did Wal- well that I do know because there was a when Adar was like walking out uh, toward after I'm trying to think right before right before the the Numenorians show up uh, he's walking out and he says Waldrick uh, I have something for you or I I have something to ask of you or something like that and I pretty was pretty certain that's what he was doing then uh, but how did how did he find it how did he find it yeah who Waldrick. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, before he got it when yeah. they went into the. Yeah, Adar comes. Adar after right before the New Orleans come up. Uh, Adar walks out of I guess the tavern or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, "Waldrick, I have I have something to ask of you." And, that, and he's got it there with him. And okay. He ends up like I said. He, we don't see him hand it to Waldrick, but it feels pretty obvious. That the, especially when you look back on it, that's and, what he does. He hands and it. So they and so they've made a switch. They made then. a switch is what they did. Yeah. Uh, okay. But like I said, I mean. Uh, like I said, it's just Rondier. It's not. It wasn't uh, the actor who plays Rondier. Uh, what was it? What uh, is his uh, name? Ismail, Ismail Cruz Cordova, Cord- who was awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. awesome. He's this fantastic. Was, I was, he was going to be my Tyrion Lannister for last week. Yeah, he he was fantastic. But like I said, there were some writing issues I, that I was yeah. like, oh wow, this is really really bad. But like yeah. the 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 whole scene between uh, Gladriel and Adar, where they're were getting a lot of backstory about you know yeah. that I, that I really enjoyed, but yeah. uh, it was. Like I said, there was there were some there were some really clunky story elements in well, in it. Well, my my thing from off the bat, like how did so they made it look like the queen sometimes somehow saw a vision that they were in trouble. They kind of hinted at that. At that, I'm trying she to remember said, this. We need to be in a hurry, and you saw her have the eye on yeah. that spot, and then it goes into the next scene. So yeah, I think you may be right. Is yeah. she? Is she seeing that vision? Unless they didn't really. Yeah, yeah, oh, you're I, right. You're correct about that. I'll I don't tell really know. you what. 
what made me live it. A seal door, and that's a seal door, yeah, right? Door. Mm-hmm. That punk, and I've heard people call him a seal dork on, on Twitter. <laughs> it's starting to feel appropriate. He feeds that uh, uh, the, the horse, the, the apple. <laughs> well, then the takes horse the is like he's enjoying it, right? He takes the then He throws. Then he then he takes the apple with him and throws it in the ocean. Throws in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> You teased that poor horse. Yeah, no wonder <laughs> he threw you off or later on. I haven't thought about that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't even yeah. think about it from that, yeah. that standpoint. Yeah. I so, just got, uh, I just got lost the fact that he's left handed. Like, oh hey, he's left handed. That's a weird thing yeah. that I noticed. So Well, and then I was gonna say too, this is an issue I could see going forward. I love Bronwyn. I think she's awesome. You can't this is your one shot. You have teased her dime. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't do it again. Yeah, you can't kill if her off If she now. gets hurt, if she gets hurt, you have to kill her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. This is what The Walking Dead did. This is why people got tired of the show. This is other shows like this. Mm-hmm. You can't keep teasing your main characters. Game of Thrones had a little bit of this. Right. But you cannot keep teasing that these people are, are like, they made it look like she was going to die, and she did. I'm glad she's not. Right. You yeah. can't do that. You cannot do that again. And they, they did it. Also, when that volcano went off, I thought, how are they possibly going to live through this? Yes, exactly. Because you see, you see people getting hit by lava and dying, and then, you know, we, you know, then we'll come back and there's just a little ash on some people. A couple <laughs> people are yeah. But that was the other thing. And then, uh, I was going to, uh, you know, give shout out to my guy, Halbrun, because like he obviously had watched Ghostbusters. When someone asks you if you are a God or the King, you, you say always say yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. I, I forgot that line from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Good call on your point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, th- I thought six, I, I enjoyed the fight scene. I, there were lots, like I said, I just think there were some, some clunky story elements in it. Uh, again, you know, they basically abandoned two storylines. They abandoned the the Harfoot storyline and they abandoned the yeah. the oh, Elrond and Durin storyline in episode six, which is always a mistake in the show. We have come to find, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think that was we missed them. We always miss them whenever they're not on screen. And this yep. was the second time that we haven't gotten an episode from them. So, uh, but like I said, overall, I mean, there were some things I didn't like about it, but there were some. It was still I was still willing to you know kind of look past and forgive. A lot of the issues on this. So let's talk about episode seven because I think this is the one's going to be the one where we kind of crap on the show the most. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what are well, your? It's, it's okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, what's your general thoughts on on episode seven? So this was going to say th- this is a tale of two shows. The what's going on in the south? Yeah, was like what? Yeah, how mm-hmm. did they get separated? Right. Yeah, <laughs> they were all together. They were all together. <laughs> There, there's groups everywhere. And yeah, I know. I mean, so, they, that's the. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the one thing that just never made sense. I mean, yeah, there's a volcano that's going off, but it, they weren't. It wasn't like they were being when the volcano was going off. It wasn't. They weren't standing right on top of the volcano. It was the ash and the lava that was pouring down upon right. them. They shouldn't have gotten separated, but somehow or another, yeah. they're like miles apart. Three, and I, three <laughs> groups are miles apart, and then uh, you know. Galadriel and Theo, they're like people around them are like, well, let's leave them. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Now, I guess they knew the orcs were coming, but like, yeah. uh, 
you know, also the orcs were right there. Where did they go? Right. They were, they were part of, they were captives at one time. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're, they're all not gone. anymore. Yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. just. So, yeah. So the reason I was going to say the tale of two shows, that part is not good. No, like, it's not. But the other two mm-hmm. stories, incredible. Yeah. Uh, Elrond and Durin and Disa. I could watch a show just of them. Yeah, you could. Mm. They are so good. Robert A. Ameo, uh Owen, what is his name? Uh, you talking about Duran? Yeah, Duran. Uh, uh, Duran's name, of course, I don't have it on my list of people. Why don't I have his name listed on my list of people? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, you keep talking, I'll find him. Uh, and then uh, Sophia uh, Numvetti. He's Owen. I have him. Uh, Owen Arthur. Yeah, Owen Arthur. The mm-hmm. three of them, incredible. And and Peter Milan as Duran Senior or Duran the Third. Yeah, that that whole storyline is incredible. I could watch Robert Arameo do anything. Mm-hmm. He is so good. Like you know, I thought he wasn't going to be the star of the show, but he has turned out to be. Like he's he's stealing it for everyone else. I I think. But uh, you know, their storyline and then the Harfoots. Very interesting. Yeah, they have. That's going on with them. You know, they they run off the stranger, and then okay. So who is this group? Are they from the books? This group, the 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 the, the cult or the cult people. Yeah, uh, one is the dweller. One is the oh, what are the names of them? The dweller. The uh, they are not from the book. That is not that is okay. the, that is the so case. What, what do we know about them? Besides? We don't know anything about them, and they're the, they're part of my frustration with ever since really they introduced them back in episode five. Is I don't know what they are doing with them. We only get them. We got them for a, a brief moment in episode five. Um, we get the yeah. dweller. The ascetic is one. What is the other one? The dweller. The ascetic. Well, the way they and the show nomad. Up is the like, other one. They make it look like, oh, you know who this is. Yeah, they do. They 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 100 make it look that way, and that's kind of like a little bit of a frustration about this is because this is what I was talking with Blake about. They have done all the groundwork. I mean, they continue to do that. By the way, they are still continuing to lay the groundwork that that Hallbrand should be Sauron in this. But now they're kind of when they they throw them in a little bit more here in episode seven, yeah. where. You're like, okay, well, maybe one of these people is actually Zaron. But like I said, there's yeah. no groundwork to put them on that road. And they, like I said, I, they are the, they're the only part of the other section of this story that I, I don't like just because I don't know what they're doing with it. I don't know where they're, and that's really, I guess, I'm, uh, let me get my go over where I am with so far with this yeah. show. Uh, episode seven. Like I said, all the stuff that was going on with Numenor, the Numenorians and the Southlands, it was, I, I, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish anymore. I've completely lost sight of that. I, I just don't yeah. know what they're trying to accomplish. And I kind of felt like I knew what they were trying to accomplish with the Harfoots. I kind of felt like I knew what they were trying to accomplish with... with I, I really feel like I know what they're trying to accomplish with Durin and Elrond. But when you throw in these three people, the Ascetic, the Dweller, and the Nomad... I don't know what they're doing with them. They are completely, yeah. they're, they're brand new characters. They are obviously extremely evil. Uh, yeah. But to what? And they know the stranger. They know the stranger. They're, they're going after him for some reason or another. And yeah. I don't know why they are. I mean, there is, that's my biggest issue is we're at episode seven. This is an eight episode season. 
And we're about to have a finale. And I have no idea what they're supposed to be pointing us toward. I have no clue at this point. I mean, I kind of yeah. felt like I knew where this show was going. Like after around episode five. Now, I, I, I don't know where they're going. I have no idea where they're going whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I've tried to, you know, I've, I've listened to the, the Ringer podcast about, and they, I don't know if they even mentioned them. Like, so, and I, and I, I think I read a, I read a recap maybe on the fifth episode. So I, I thought they were from the book. Cause like I yeah. said, the way they have portrayed them, like, uh Oh, here they are. Yeah. They're you, would expect you, that. Knew, mm-hmm. you knew they were coming. And like, yeah. So no, you, we, like I said, I, nobody, that's the thing. No one knows what these people are supposed to be doing. No one knows why they're there. There's like, I mean, and we haven't seen them enough to really, truly know. I mean, we got them for about two minutes in episode five. Didn't get them in episode six. We finally get them back here in episode seven, and we don't still don't get them that long. They're I was pro- gonna say what a, a scene, three well, minutes I, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we know that they can like. I, I don't like. I don't want to say shape shift, but they're like. Right. Uh, well, they're they're, they, they're manipulating fire. I mean, that's one thing that yeah. they're doing. So, I mean, which make which kind of brings forth the idea, which is something that. Uh, Gandalf could do. Uh, it's a wizardy thing. So, like I said, I don't know if these are supposed to be other wizards, or if these are supposed to be like the precursor for Saruman. Uh, but Saruman, when he actually first shows up in Middle Earth, he's good. I mean, that's he doesn't become evil until the Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's so. Like I said, I mean, if they're if they're painting him as directly as evil at this point, then that's very much a that's very much a departure. So, like I said. I, I don't know where the show is going all of a sudden. Uh, but the other stuff, like I said, the Harfoots, they were fantastic in this one. Yeah, they were. Uh, I love the fact that these people seem to actually show some compassion. They show, they're show they showing some, some, some love and some humanity towards their fellow Harfoots, which has been sorely missing up until this point. And we're finally getting that again, thankfully. And they needed it. They, they desperately yeah. needed it. And I'm glad we're finally getting it. Yeah, yeah, that I I thought they were uh, really good, especially you know we, to, we're getting more Sodic Burrows, yes. which uh, Lenny Henry is really good in. That yeah, he's really role. really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we're getting more of him, and uh, you know Poppy uh, kind of seems a little bit more mysterious, like something may be going on with her. Yeah, she kind of has this. She kind of has this air of mystery about herself. I, I don't yeah, know. Like, if, like like, are we a hundred percent sure she's good? I think so. I don't. I don't see okay. her going bad. I, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I could. I can't see her going bad at this point. That would seem. Yeah. It would seem like a departure for for the character, but they seem to be doing a lot of departures anyway. So who knows yeah. at this point? Yeah. Like I said, I'll be. Early, I, I'm really interested to see. I, I'm really kind of on pins and needles for this finale, just because I need to know where they're going now. Because yeah. I, I don't know where they're going, and that is a little bit frustrating at this point because I didn't expect that. Uh, we were talking in the Patreon this week uh, before we started recording this episode. This is the first time that I started to feel like this was being taken from appendixes, appendices instead of an actual story uh, where they're having to like try to get a narrative. And they're trying to form a narrative out of uh, something that a narrative that's not that that doesn't actually exist. Because I mean, the appendices, the reason they're in the Lord of the Rings is just to provide greater context for people when you're reading through the story you know you come across something you see a footnote it tells you to reference this appendix and that's when you go read about and that's the way that i i handled the appendixes when i was reading the books is i would okay well here's something i would kind of like a little bit more background information so i'd go read about that in the appendix and that's the way you would handle it 
but it's not an actual story. I mean, it's just like facts and figures and, and you're kind of feeling like, okay, this isn't really, this truly, this may be based on like some ideas of Tolkien, but this is truly not his writing. And you're starting to feel that, at least in my opinion, you are. Yeah. And I would say this is what got the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones, especially Mm -hmm. the last one in trouble where they had run out of material right? and George R. R. Martin really wasn't involved and they're writing it on their own Mm -hmm. and you're not having that author's flavor or thoughts or really plot into the into the plot of the show right so that definitely could be an issue because i'm I'm sure mr tolkien would not be thrilled about some of the stuff they're doing yeah it's just it's just clunky i mean that's the thing i mean it's just so very it's the word i keep using but it's the only word i can think of that truly describes what the the storytelling that they've done is it's just really clunky i mean we talked about it. i mean the southlands everybody's all of a sudden spread out and they weren't spread out um well also can we, let's talk about something else and this is why i, I made the walking dead comparisons and I, I quit watching the show and there may be people on here that still watch it like i had friends who watched the first couple seasons and they quit and they were like they do the same thing and then most of the main people don't die. Right. And and yeah. like, I was like, nah, that isn't the case. And then it was like, I realized, oh, that kind of is the case. Now they <laughs> is killed the off. They, they kind of, they kind of have, they changed and started killing off people left and right. Right. But like, this shows the same thing. How do these people get killed? Right. Exactly. Volcano yeah. doesn't kill them. Volcano doesn't kill them. I mean, like I said, it's a really, they have done a really good job of like actually making this show uh the i mean the mm-hmm. vo- the volcano oh, yeah. explosion to actually shut up to set up what it has become now mordor is was was fantastic i mean because i've been wondering you know how are we going to get to that point where mordor is always cast in shadow how is it all mm-hmm. how are we going to get that point and look i i have no idea the, the science the physics behind you know the, uh, a, a lake basically being rushed into a volcano if that would make it explode or not i would imagine that it would i guess i don't know but it looked cool it looked pretty good well it looked cool when they show uh galadriel's eye oh, the yeah. start mm-hmm. the, that was cool yeah when that was cool here because you're trying to figure out i was like i think that's an eye and then it looks like well, I don't know, but is that water? And then you realize it's a, you know it is right. a tear. I thought that was really cool. Well, and this it's interesting that this is this episode is called the Eye. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, like I said, I mean that's I'm assuming it's not just because you know they're kind of focusing on her eye to start, but also it's they're focusing on uh, the eye that I guess will eventually come around when we get uh, Sauron and his eye yeah. and all that fun stuff. So um, well, also uh, uh, one, one more thing Muriel, about Muriel. Like, Oh, go ahead. Well, Muriel obviously losing her eyes, so I mean that's yeah, that's one thing. I, I, that well, I that was okay. Of. Let's talk about that. So we see a horse on fire. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I know that was kind of weird. That's weird. We we might see a lot of people dead. There's right. like two people dead. There's two people dead. Yeah, and then like she's helping a sildor, and then like I'm not even hundred percent what happened to her. Well, okay, that's uh, what, before you go there. Okay, you mentioned her helping the Sildor. What happened to a Sildor? Like he was there yeah, all of a sudden. Right. D- did I miss this? Uh, I mean, cause, well, I, I mean, it kind of looked like maybe he got buried. But here's the problem too with the prequel. We know he doesn't die. Yeah, we know he doesn't. Could they, die. Have, mm-hmm. could they have not picked another could person? They have picked, right. could, why couldn't that have happened to Hallbrand? Yeah, I, my my guess is they're trying to like set up something like where Elendil is like trying to like 
where he's questioning this allegiance that he's always yeah, had. Yeah, and, and and that's what it looks like because he was very angry. Right. And he was he was very rude to Galadriel. But Asildor, the thing I still don't understand Asildor because like he's there, he's helping pull up a, a Tommen or a, a Martin. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Like they're pulling him up. Did something happen to him that I missed? Because I don't remember anything actually happening to him. I know. I, I all I saw was like he's there, him and the queen. And then, like, she does something, like, she's helping him, and then all of a sudden you see him, like, get buried. Okay, see, that was the buried part. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what I missed. Oh, also, what was his other friend's name? Oh, I can't remember his other friend's name. Dude, uh, that guy, okay, here's a, here's a trope for any action type. When a guy mentions... Valandil. When Valandil said... I think I'm done fighting. I think. Oh I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he was dead. <laughs> no, that's Untombo. Like, that's Untombo. I'm getting the two of them mixed up. Untombo is the one that says, "I think I'm done fighting." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you were like dead. Yeah, he's you dead. Are. Yeah. Because anytime I would tell you right now, anytime there's a movie where the guy goes, "I'm coming back for one job," he's dead. He's dead. He that's it. Going to die. That's it. He's he's done. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the same thing when he's like, "I think I'm going to retire here with the maidens." I'm like, "No, you're not." No, you're not. You're you're done for after today. So well, I, I like the other guy. Uh, the guy who looks like a young rock. He's good. Yeah, that's uh, that's Alex Tarrant who plays. I guess it's Tarrant. Is that who his name? His name. He he is Valandil. He is the one like that him. ends up surviving. I guess he's also the one that's kind of guiding. Yeah. The horse of the queen, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the Southland stuff is is not making a whole lot of sense. We, like, I, I was well, wondering the entire time until the very end. Like, okay, where's Hallbrand? Uh, we haven't seen him, and we finally get him at the end. So I was a little yeah. more concerned that they weren't even going to address him for a little bit there. Yeah, and let me say, uh, I was praising Robert Arameo, uh, which I should, and I said he's running away. You know, I, I'm going to pull back. Charlie Vickers is really, really yeah, he's good. good. He just didn't have he's a lot to do in this really. One. He didn't, but the last episode, I thought he was really good mm-hmm. because he was. I know we, we, we believe he's Sauron, you know, but he is doing a good job of being a conflicted hero. Yeah. He is playing that part extremely well. And uh, I will so say this. I got to give him credit. I will say this. Uh, Gladriel, I think, is being played very, she's very good. I think she's, she's, very, she's really good. I think she's great by Morphe Clark. Uh, I just think they're, and I think they're finally giving her some depth, which they didn't, mm-hmm. they weren't doing that earlier on in the show. Because uh, she is starting to, I think she is starting to, because this is a, one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning of this when we were doing, uh, when we were covering the very first episode where King Gilgalad has the line about, you know, he wanted to send her away to, to the West because he was afraid that, you know, the evil that she was chasing, that if, that she would chase it so much that she might be the spark that actually causes it to actually ignite. And it really feels like they're 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 bringing that home. It feels like yeah, the I reason agree. why all a lot of bad stuff is about to happen is because she just won't let things die. And then she also, and I'm glad you mentioned this because she has that great conversation with Theo, mm-hmm. you know, about where she's saying this exact thing. Right. It's it's about intent, which mm-hmm. I I like that. I thought when I first saw them together, when Theo was being his punk self, right. Uh, but he was good. Yeah, he was. He was, he was re- good. He's a really good actor. Uh, uh, Tyro Muhafadin. Yeah, he's really like good. I, I'm, I'm going to give I'm going to give him credit. But their scene together was really good. And I, I you know, because she was rough this last episode where mm-hmm. she was trying to kill uh, uh, Adar. Yeah, she we, tried to kill it. And oh, he's another one, man. Yeah, uh, Joseph. 
just uh, Molly. Molly. Maul or Molly, yeah, yeah, he's he was real good. Obviously, he's we saw him. Really in, we obviously saw him in Game of Thrones. We talked we talked about yeah. that a little bit, but he has yeah. been just really spectacular as Adar. I yes. he's he he's menacing, but he's not like just no. super scary. I mean, I and, he, and he he's a little sympathetic. Yeah, he is. A, he's a little sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I, she really, you know, her almost killing him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought that was I thought that was really good, and then like she had the conversation. Oh, speaking of him, and the last episode, that scene where Halbrand has him mm-hmm. dead to rights goes, "You don't remember me?" Oh, yeah. I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah. And just his reaction, he's like, "Should I?" Right. Well, I mean, there's a whole lot of like you know who are you between yeah. the two of those. I mean, because he's wondering who you know. He obviously knows who Adar is. Adar doesn't know who he is. Even it comes out and asks Halbrand like. He, who are you and like you kind of wonder if he's like going to like come out and say you know who he actually is because we still don't yeah. know that we still have not gotten right. any any closure on on who what their relationship is what it was that transpired between the two of them we still haven't gotten no closure on that whatsoever so I, i'll that's i'm hoping that we'll get some closure on that because they don't even address it in this episode yeah so well i, I- Let's let's move on to Elrond because I'm going to keep bashing the the South ones and, I, yeah. and I, I, we need to stop. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Stop. You're you're correct. We we need to move on. Uh, but Elrond and Durin, obviously, we finally get them back. We don't get them in episode six. We get them back here in episode seven. And as we have talked about previously on the show, they're the most intriguing. They're the best part of yes. this show. And we first get reintroduced to them. Basically, Durin and Elrond are pleading their case to Durin's father because without the Mithril, then the elves are doomed at this point, basically. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, let's just talk about that real quick. What did you think about this whole giving Mithril an origin story? Because this this is all completely show made up. Um, basically, like giving Mithril like it being like the thing that is going to require the elves to live. What did you think about that revelation in one of the previous episodes i loved it because we got a fantastic maybe the best scene of the show of El- when when duran duran mentioned realizes he's the key to everyone the elves living yes. <laughs> when he right. has that just spurt on his face yes that was fantastic oh man and he's like now who is the one who's exactly. gonna say well yeah. we also uh, got that great fantastic line give me the meat and give it to me raw yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that yeah, was a fantastic yeah. line or whatever so it was that was you know that whole thing and then i like you know, when we saw him and Disa, which I love, and especially in these shows, especially compared to the House of the Dragon, where all the married couples hate each other. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, is it refreshing to see married couples who really love they each really other? They really love both each other. Them, it's really nice, yes. Really, and, and they're so good together, and they have And they're not relatives. Back. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Although I did see one of the big complaints is that uh, Ditha should have a beard, and yeah, she doesn't. They have, most most um, like, women have beards. Yes. Come on, guys. Let's let's calm down a little. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with her not having. A beard. She's a, well, they she's even mentioned nice that. I mean, come on. Yeah, they mentioned that. They mentioned that in in tonight's episode because they're talking yeah. about, uh, you know, she says I should have told your father he has lice in his beard, and he says, well, your your mother actually does have lice in her beard. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're just fantastic. Everything about the dwarves has been really, really good, and but, I've enjoyed it a lot. I like where they saw the mithril bring after Elrond had walked out. Mm-hmm. It came back to that flower came back to life. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was nice. And I was, and they were like. 
uh, we've got to do this. Yeah, you got to. We, we, we can save the elves. So I, you know, I really like what they're doing doing with that. I, I, I think it's I think it's right now. I am a little confused about whatever that was, and maybe you could explain at the end underneath the. Oh, that was Balrog. That was okay. the. Do you remember in that was uh, in Lord of the Rings in the in the Fellowship of the Ring when they're in the mines of Moria and. Uh, there was a thing that was chased. That was the the do not pass. Oh, okay. That was the big demon thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a Balrog. Okay. I'm assuming it's the same but, Balrog. I could be wrong about that, but I'm assuming it's the same one. Yeah, but that was uh, that was interesting, and I like. Uh, I, I just love how you, and this is what makes the Lord of the Ring especially. There's so much love between the characters. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they're brothers. Like Duron and and. and and Elrond keeps saying that to each that other. They, they feel like brothers. We're brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it makes Durin's crazy. dad really mad yeah. when he says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Durin does not, Durin the, uh, the third does not like that. But like when Durin's like, he's trying, he's going to tell Elrond his, his secret name. Yes. And, and Elrond's like, just save it. Just right. save mm-hmm. it to the, to the far side. Right. And I was just like, oh man, it, it's just so beautiful. Like their friendship and yeah. their, mm-hmm. their love. And like Durin would do anything for Elrond. Yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I just love that. That's what makes the Lord of the Rings like, especially just that, that love between the families yeah. and, the, mm-hmm. and the brotherhood. It's what makes it so special. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of the things that, it was one of the things that we finally were starting to get towards in this episode because this this episode was so so somber. I mean, it was very yeah, it was. kind of it was a bit of a drag. I mean, that was kind of one of the issues I was having because one it was and that was one of the things I was having a problem with is you don't Lord of the Rings is always there's always there's always optimism in it. There's always uh, a sense of optimism. There's always a sense of hope, even when things are dark. I mean, look, Tolkien has always said that there it is not an allegory. But his faith is still, I mean, even though it's not a, a, a faith allegory, it's still, his faith is still impacted the way that he wrote. And yeah. the whole idea, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, uh, you know, that was always, that's always a theme that you sense throughout the course of, of those stories. And I wasn't really feeling a lot of it in this episode. I was like, okay, where's the optimism? Where's the hope that we're so accustomed to in, but, in Tolkien stories? And we weren't getting it for well, a while. We finally did, but we did get it eventually. It doesn't matter what religion you are, whether you're, you know, a born again Christian to an atheist, yeah, whatever, right. mm-hmm. what either any of it is involving faith, which is what this exact storyline yeah, is you're about. Right. Mm-hmm. Having faith in each other, having faith in the mithril, you know, that it's going to, you know, solve the problems of, right. of, of what they're dealing with. So it's, you could definitely see where his religion is, is, is coming into, uh, and coming into, to affect here especially tolkien is catholic right yeah he's catholic mm-hmm. and so when you're a catholic and i know was raised catholic you know it, faith is a big thing because yeah. you're having to to believe in and so much and and that's it's, it's such a big uh part part of the catholic faith that you can see where that that's coming into play here on on the stuff he writes about i could definitely i, I could have even if i didn't know that knowledge i could have guessed i bet right. he's catholic right mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he, he's big time Catholic. He was, uh, and like I said, it, it, I mean, the he, like I said, there is this is not an allegory. He, he's very he was always adamant that it was not an allegory, but I mean, the fact that he fought in World War One, the fact that he was alive during World War Two, and that was one of the biggest events going on in his life. That was one of the biggest life events that took place uh, during the course of his lifetime. Uh, his faith. I mean, all these you see a lot of elements of that in the Lord of the well, Rings. Especially since I think we've mentioned this before, we've seen you know World War One and Two, the areas he was probably at were absolutely destroyed. No, they were kind of mm-hmm. like that volcano, the right. way that looked. So you definitely can see the elements of that coming into play. Yeah, you definitely can. So like I said, it's been it, it, it's just such an interesting story. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching what Elrond has done. I've really enjoyed watching what. Uh, during his done, the two of them together have formed an incredible bond, obviously throwing yeah. Disa into it as well. The bond yes. that is there between them. Um, excuse me. Uh, and and they got lucky with the casting of all three of them because they have so much chemistry going yeah, on. Do. I don't know if the three of them hung out before because you hear about that some where they, they try do. to get mm-hmm. to know each other. I don't know if they did it, but if not, they like – of all the storylines in here, they have the best chemistry. Yeah, they the do. The three of them, and it's it's really showing. Yeah, it does. It, it really does show. Uh, I think they have done a spectacular job of of really selling their you know the bond between uh, obviously obviously between the three of them, yeah. but specifically between Elrond and and Durin. And uh, you know, it. I don't know where they're how they're going to like resolve this obviously Durin's father is going to have to kind of crack at some point yeah. but you also have that Balrog that's kind of been stirred and been awoken uh, down there as well so like I said th- this is one of the things I did talk about when I was talking about this with Blake you know the only thing I don't like about this giving Mithril this origin story and to have it play out the way that they are the whole idea behind Mithril in the books, in the movies, because like I said, this is all this is all show created. The whole idea behind this in in the movies and in the books was the dwarves were just greedy. That's the reason that they dug okay. so deep. They were just greedy. They wanted the, they found the Mithril. They wanted the Mithril. It was incredibly powerful. It's incredibly strong. It's incredibly light. And they just kept digging and kept digging and kept digging out of greed. And that's the reason why they end up awakening the Balrog. This is puts a completely different spin on this idea of why they're digging for this mithril, and that's it's, the idea is it's supposed to save the elves. Um, yeah. and like I said, that's that that is a complete departure from the original story. So, like I said, I really don't know how to marry those two concepts uh, because you have one story that's being told unless they're going to develop it some more because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you look at the original story and how it was actually uh how it actually transpired so that like i I really don't know what to make of it so yeah uh oh one thing we didn't talk about and this is something that just absolutely you know got my eyes wide open but i don't really didn't really want to go back to the southlands but gladriel says when she's talking to theo uh she's talking about her brother which we knew oh yeah but then she says her husband, Kellenbor. I was like, wait a minute, okay, he's dead all of a sudden because 
He's actually he's alive in Lord of the Rings. The guy who's yeah. who's there with her in Lothlorien, uh, the guy who kind of comes down the stairs to meet the hobbits and to meet the the Fellowship before they go off and get separated. He's got like long brown hair or something like that's yeah. Kelly, that's uh, that's uh, so, I can't ever pronounce his name, Kalimbor or something. I can't ever pronounce his name, but that's her husband. I'm like, all right, so are, are, have we killed him? What's going on here? But apparently, yeah, but they they wrote themselves because she says he never came back. Yeah. Yeah, he never came back. So, like I said, that wasn't that kind of just kind of really, you know, caught my attention when she's talking about her potentially dead husband. I was like, no, so he's not dead. Can I, can I make a guess why this is? Why's that? They've been teasing her and Hallbrand. Yeah, it they up. have. Been, this they've is been giving that. them. This is giving them of uh, a reason, you know. Right uh, now, I will say for her husband. I wouldn't feel very good about how she felt about me that she hasn't been looking for well, me. True. Yeah, you're right. Well, that, she's been more focused on her brother. And in the story, she is. There is a period where they are separated. And I'm guessing this is that period where they are separated. Yeah, uh, okay. I wasn't like I said. It's kind of hard to tell. I wasn't really sure if they had established if she was married in this yet or not. And that's kind of the hardest part about. Yeah. This, this is one instance where I wish I didn't know a whole lot about the the history of it and all because. Like I said, I've been trying to piece together. All right, so where is she in her life? Because they're compressing this timeline together so much. I'm like, okay, has she been married yet? Has she not been married yet? And apparently, yes, she has been married. And this is the period where her husband, she and her husband, are just not together. They don't really well, explain in the in the text why they're not together at this point. But mm-hmm. it's appear that they're taking some liberty here and saying she thinks he's dead. So I guess yes. I can make that work. But like I said, so that was I, kind of a that was a bit of a bombshell when she announces that. Yeah, and I didn't remember him being in there. I heard that later, but like to me, when I saw that scene, it's like I mentioned earlier. I thought, oh, they're giving her an out to yeah, hook up with Halbrook. They are. They're giving her an out. And they're and if this was on House of the Dragon, it would probably get a little graphic. Oh, it would get a lot more. It, yeah, it would. Well, I mean, you know, House those of, two, they're, they're both kind of rough. Like true. It. I mean, House of the Dragon, I will say this, though. I mean, you know, when cause we didn't talk about last week's episode, but, you know, they didn't get real graphic. No, they've, they, you're right. You're right. Oh, and let me let me throw out Morford Clark again. Uh, young lady, you, you have a... a, a, a a future in action movies because the scenes you were doing last week with the oh, sword yeah. mm-hmm. and the horse yeah those are fantastic i mean i'm sure a lot of that stunt but it looked like some of it was you uh she was awesome yeah she was she was she's she's she has a you know look there's a lot of people that can have potential futures that could spurn yeah. off from this uh but She's towards the top of the list for that reason. Her, Absolutely. her, Charlie Vickers, uh, Ismail Cruz, Cordova, yeah. Cordova. Uh, I, I would put Ismail Cruz Cordova at number one. He's got a good look. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he can play a lot of different things, especially right. since, you know we're trying to be a little bit more diverse, which we should. Yes, I think I he he would be my number one on having a huge career. Morford Clark doesn't look like her. Her she's kind of like. Um, the girl that plays Daenerys, she doesn't really look like her character. Yeah, so you're right. That would mm-hmm. probably hurt her. Charlie Vickers is just a good-looking dude. He's just he a good-looking dude, has yeah. A shot. yeah. Yeah, he has a shot. And then Robert Arameo uh, is the other one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Ishmael Cruz Cordova, to me, he would be my number one. Oh, the kid who plays Isildur, too. Isildur? Uh, who plays Isildur? Maxim Baldry. Yeah. He, he, uh, I, he's got a, he, he would be, like, fifth for me. I think yeah. he's got a shot. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's definitely got a shot. Uh, <laughs> Which means if these five or nothing's going to happen. That's going to happen to him. <laughs> it's going to be the Young Rock. Yeah, you're probably right. He'll probably beat Theo. Theo. No, it'll be Theo, the one we've been back on. Yeah, I know. He'll, he'll be the one that emerges from all this as, as the biggest Honestly, star of all of them. So. I'm if Theo ends up being the biggest star either. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, uh, these are all new people. Uh, so, yeah. and how the show goes, you know. Look, here's the thing about this show. Uh, they have to do, because uh, I've done some more research into it, they have to do five seasons of it. That is, they are contractually. Oh, really? Yeah, they are contractually obligated. They have to do five seasons of it. They have to spend at least a billion dollars over the course of their five seasons, which they've already spent about 750 or 650 million hour, which, because the 250 they spent to actually acquire the rights is part of their contractual obligation towards, like, putting the, the amount of money they're putting towards this. But here's the thing. If you like Amazon prime shows, you better hope and pray that they, this show continues to do well. To this Seriously. Con- because no, they, they have literally, I mean, if you talk to people, if you like listen to people who are on the inside with like Amazon executives, if this doesn't go well, Amazon's packing it up in terms of television. So you telling me that information alone is why, Terminal list hasn't been signed up, and I did see an article. They're renegotiating with uh, with Chris Pratt. Oh, are they? Because he he doesn't. He said the show nearly that show nearly killed him because he had he was in almost every scene. Oh, really? So that makes sense. Why they're getting rid of Night Sky? Why Outer Range? Why they've especially these shows that have a big star? Right? Because you know J.K. Simmons and Josh Brolin are cost a lot of money. But that's also why they signed up the guy from Reacher before he hits the movies. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they signed him up for a big deal and a movie deal, which was smart because right. that guy has a shot of, of being a big star. So that makes a lot of sense. They're throwing so much money out of this, they can't afford anything else. That's why they they did chinchy work on paper girl <laughs> yeah i think you're right about that so uh but they do have this this they got a they got a pretty large looking show coming after this so like i said i'll be interested yeah, how, how, how that all plays out look jeff bezos has more money than than that's a good point <laughs> what am i talking about i ordered stuff from him today i mean Buy some money give give chris pratt and josh Rowland some of that money that's right just give him some more money my wife is buying stuff every time i see him car uh, uh fedex i'm assuming they're coming here <laughs> yeah but uh, like i said uh like i said this is I, i've enjoyed the show i mean we, we'll probably yeah. need to start kind of wrapping things up here a little yeah, bit I'm sorry uh but yeah i've enjoyed the show but like i said this show this episode was was the was the trickiest there there were a lot of good things we talked about you know the really good stuff between uh out, basically outside of the Southlands, and that's kind of been the case for the entire show, the entirety of the show is you yeah. get into the Southlands, you get into Numenor, which I, when you, if you told me that the weakest part of this show coming into it would have been the Numenorian part of it, I would have been shocked because that was a thing that I was looking forward to more so than anything else. And it's, right, I remember you mentioned that you were so excited when you saw Numenor. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was yeah. thrilled. I mean, and look, it looked beautiful. It, it, it absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But when... It it is not have that compelling of a story. I mean, and we haven't seen Farazon since they left Numenor. We haven't heard right. anything about from him. And his son was such a big part of that one episode. Yeah, he was. He was a big part of that one episode, and he kind of had this like really nasty turn there. Yeah, on the oh, episode that you missed. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say this episode, especially that part. This brought up my red flags of 
the third and fourth season season of this could be bad. It could be. I mean, as as it goes on, this is a show that they have got to tighten it up, and maybe they will on on season two. But if they don't, this one could get off the rails. Yeah, I think they can. I think they can tighten it up. I think they I are. Too. I think they're struggling here at the end to figure out how to close this. How to close? I think they're struggling to. Well, look, we'll see what happens in episode eight. Things could completely change, but. Closing, getting to this ending of the like wrapping up like some type of a narrative that way they can go into a season two seems to be a bit of a struggle at this point because it's, it's like they just kind of meandered and meandered and meandered. And they were telling there was a lot of great acting, there was a lot of great scenery, there was a lot of great things that they were doing on screen. But it's like, okay, well, we've gotten to episode seven and now all of a sudden we got to kind of wrap this thing up in some kind of a bow before we head into season two, we really don't know how to do it. Uh, like I said, there's, it's just gotten, I keep using the same word again, but it's gotten kind of clunky here at the end. And yeah, well, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to cut the, a, a little slack and, and something that could go, I think they've done a fantastic job on casting. Oh yeah, they have. The, they, only, they have. the only character that kind of gets on my nerves is there's two of them. Theo, he's a kid. I'm, right, I'm going to cut it slack. He's doing a good job. A door is the other one, yeah. uh, but he is. That's his part. His yeah, it's part his part. is annoying. But even then, they're they're all really really good, and they're just going to get better in their yeah. role. Yeah, I think so. So you got to be excited about that because they have struck gold with some you know some up and coming actors and some people you know uh, the young lady who plays Bronwyn. I know she's been on Homeland some other right. shows, and so is the guy who's been uh, Ellendale. Yeah, you know these are people that have been around. That are finally getting a you know a chance to to get a bigger part, and of course uh, during the third Peter Milan, who's been in a ton right. of stuff. Yeah. So you know you're 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 giving these people some of the younger people a chance to really break out, and they're taking full advantage of it. And you you got some good character actors mixed in as well. So the casting. That's to me is only going to get better. Yeah, I, they, I think the casting is fantastic. I think these, I think the set pieces are fantastic. I think they have made an absolutely gorgeous show. I just think they yeah. need to figure out their story, and that's the issue yeah. that they have here. Like they have, they have such a, they have such a skeleton frame in terms of what they are basing all this on, and what they have the rights to in terms of the appendices. Mm-hmm. It's just constructing a narrative out of that is a difficult ask, and I think we kind of took that for granted for like the first five or six episodes uh and we're starting to kind of see that's not the easiest task in the world for a writer is to take you know just these like all right here's a here's a timeline here's a historical timeline now go make a a fascinating story based on it yeah and i think that's go ahead my biggest uh suggestion is go find a good writer who's a tolkien nerd Go find them. And they've got a few. Uh, the one of the guys who I know, one of the guys who wrote, who's helped write and get this kind of thing off the ground. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a big part of the original writing team for the original trilogy. Uh, he he had a lot to do with this. It's just, I mean, like I said, it's just a matter of of really piecing these things together and like i said look when we get to when we get to episode eight they may actually make some of the, some of the stuff that i just don't understand like i said I, I this show doesn't have a whole lot of direction here at yeah. the end of episode seven when we get to episode eight once we kind of like maybe once they explain to us who 
the ascetic is, who the nomad is, who the dweller is. Give us the actual answer on the stranger, because that's kind of another thing. We still don't know who yeah, the stranger yeah. technically is, even though he continues to say, I'm Gandalf, I'm Gandalf, I'm Gandalf. Let's kind of get that out of the, let's get that right. out, out in the open. Uh, like I said, there are some things I think once they kind of like finally go ahead and tell us, this is the, this is who this is, this is what this is. I think they can kind of start to salvage that story back together. But it's like I said, normally the penultimate episode is the one that kind of makes you really anticipating about the end. And yes. this one is like, how can you get to an end at this point? That's, that's the issue that they have with this one. So, yeah. And I read something and I'll, I'll make this real quick that said, you know, usually the a finale really sets the stage for season two and the showrunner was like no we just answer all the questions of this season yeah which i guess is one way to do it i guess i mean i don't know i was like okay (laughs) we're still not sure what all those questions are yeah we're still not sure what the questions are at this point so you know besides the stranger the stranger right like i said and the ones i'm really interested in so like i said when they introduced those three characters in white the nomad the ascetic and the uh the dweller I didn't know what they were doing with them. I still don't know what they're doing with them. So they're the ones who have me by far the most intrigued. So, yeah. All right. Uh, shall we do some awards and stuff? Yeah. If anyone's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up first, we have the Tyrion Lannister, our MVP of the week. Who is your MVP for this week on the Rings of Power? I'm going with Durin the fourth. Uh, I believe it's Owen. Uh, Owen, yeah. how would you? Owen Arthur, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Owen yeah. Arthur, and I, yeah, and I apologize. I, I, I knew I was calling him Duran. It's Duran. Yeah, uh, that's all right. Well, watching this House of the Dragon and Andor with all names that are not normal, it's it's getting to me a little bit. No, okay, but no, uh, I can imagine. Uh, uh, I thought he had a Owen Arthur had a uh, fantastic yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. The the emotional scenes with his dad, the emotional scenes with Elrond, the scenes with Disa that are just funny. This guy has a huge range. Right. He's another one. We're not uh, we're not giving him enough credit. He's a really, I guess, because he's wearing a lot of makeup. He's really yeah, he good. <laughs> and I thought this was his biggest episode, and he took full advantage of it. He he was my Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, uh, I, I really honestly was struggling on on this one because there's a lot of really good performances. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people. I didn't really know who just stuck out for me. Uh, who I ended up going with, I, I actually ended up going with Theo, uh, Tyro Muhafadin. He's good. Be, I mean, he was good in this episode. I mean, you feel like he is. I mean, he really feels like he's going to become one of the race. I mean, it really yeah. feels that way. Uh, uh, he's got a lot of anger in him. I mean, they even mm-hmm. are talking about that. And I mean, glad even like, like warning him against that in, in this episode. Uh, like I said, I just, he's kind of a little bit of an, his character is a little bit of annoying, but they're starting to give him a little bit of a direction. They're starting to give him a little right. bit of purpose and that character really, really needs it. So yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I, that's kind of where I'm going for this one. Uh, like I said, I, I've got no problem with it because his annoying is just cause he's a teen on yeah. the show. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the writers. I think the actor's really good. Yeah. I think he, I think he's, I think he's a pretty good actor. I don't know how old he is, but he's, he, right. I've been more impressed with him than I thought I would be when we first, met I agree. Him. I agree. So, uh, next is our Agatha, all along the best scene of the week what's your best scene for this week so i'm going the second scene of elrond and durin okay. where where durin is telling him the secret name and and then you know they're talking about how much you know they love each right. other and they're 
they don't want to say goodbye. So I, I, I just thought it was fantastic. If I was an emotional person, I may have teared up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one. I, I guess I'm probably going to go with that one as well. I did. I mean, there was part of me that just when I saw the ball rock, I was like, ooh, it's ball rock. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking that's probably the case as well. I did like the... Uh, it was a little anticlimactic when they changed the Southlands from Southlands to Mordor. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool too, uh, especially the way he delivered it. Yeah, the way he delivered it that that was that was really cool. Uh, it's probably not my favorite. Though. I think the one that you you ended up going with it was was a, was a good one, probably the way to go too. So, all right, next is our best line of the week. The best if you come at the king, you best not miss. What's your best line for this week? I thought for a while it was going to be you can't trust elves. You can trust me. I am no, I am no common. I mean, I am just a common elf. I thought it was going to be that one, but it was Elrond and Durin when he said, "We do not say goodbye. We say, I believe it's Namari. Simply farewell." and go towards goodness yeah i actually ended up going with the first one so uh you take that one i'll take the other one so okay. <laughs> uh but yeah those were those were both really good lines look elrond like i said i'll be interested to see if they transform him throughout the course of this of this show because i mean he is i mean he never becomes like a I mean, he is a bit of a warrior but he's never the warrior that gladriel is in this yeah but he is much more of a warrior by the time we get to lord of the rings than he is at this point at this point he's just simply a politician i mean that is that is yeah. what he is so yeah i was gonna say hugo waving plays that part in uh resting elf face yes he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he has basically the same expression throughout the course of the entire the entire trilogy so yeah. uh but yeah like i said i'll be interested to see if they they start to kind of transform that character some because he's so like peaceful and thoughtful and and thought-provoking and he he is still that don't get me wrong like i said he is still that yeah. in, the, in the lord of the rings trilogy but he is far less of that than he is in in this to say the least so all right uh let's go ahead and rate this as well we have we don't this is our final rating obviously we have one more episode to go on this show uh we have a five-tier rating system here on the main attraction podcast at the top of our list is a game of thrones right beneath game of thrones is lost middle of the road force is friends beneath friends is a full house and at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. where are you so far before we head into the finale of the rings of power uh, so this episode specifically, the South part I would say is Baywatch, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Elrond and Durin was the highest Game of Thrones you could possibly be. Right. But overall, it's a lost. Uh, yeah. So it's it's not. I don't. I'm. It's. I don't see this getting to Game of Thrones for me. Right. But I really enjoying this show. I you know I mentioned this. I just wish this was not on at the same time as yeah. House of the Dragon. I think it's really hurting it. Yeah. I think it's hurting it for myself, uh, and I, I'm going to keep it as a loss. I, I just cannot imagine this getting to Game of Thrones. Yeah, look, I'm I'm really surprised that I've not gotten to Game of Thrones with this, and the fact that this episode did not this episode took me further away from Game of Thrones than it was. Look, it's still a loss for me. Yeah. And I don't know that it's going to get below that. I mean, it is just too, there is just too much good about it that, I mean, just the way that it looks, the way that it is acted, the, they are getting great performances, great line yeah. reads. I mean, there's a lot that it's just, 
it's the story that is just holding it back. I mean, and like I said, everything around it is just absolutely wonderful. It's just that the central part, the part that you kind of watch the show for the most, the story, which is which is hurting it. Uh, and like I said, uh, the fact that they haven't kind of figured out the storytelling is a little bit disappointing at this point. But I'm hopeful that they can kind of figure it out here at the end when we get to episode eight. Look, uh, so much of it is going to depend on what they do with the stranger and those three uh, characters in white. I think that's going to be that's going to tell a tale for at least this first season because they have introduced those characters. They haven't they have not developed the stranger as much as I think they should have. Uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, we should have. Uh, I think they should have at this point gone ahead and revealed whether or not this guy's Gandalf or not. That's uh, to drag it out the way that they have, I think is, is a bit of a bit of a mistake. Um, this show has always kind of had some pacing issues, but it, there's a lot, like I said, that, uh, as much as I've kind of harped on it throughout the course of this episode, there's a lot of good stuff. They're like, the, the performances are yeah. great. The actors have been good. The writing for the most part, when it's, when it's good, it's good. Uh, yep. like I said, when you have the stuff between Elrond, when you have the stuff between Elrond and Duran and Disa, that's great. When you have, like I said, the, they have developed the Harfoots. Give them a lot of credit for that because the Harfoots have become a much, absolutely. They have taken note. They, they have an actual arc that you can actually point to, which is fantastic. Actually. Well, and let me just mention real quick. I was really down on the Harfoots several episodes ago. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not at all. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, I know. So they have improved on that. Really so, they have. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need some I'm more time with them. That's the problem. We haven't yeah. had much time yeah. with them. I think it's it's going to continue to be a loss. You know, I don't. I'm with you. I I wouldn't rate it lower. I don't, I don't see myself rating it. Higher, yeah, the the, the, the final has, has been still, awful. <laughs> still has promise though. Oh, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Get, but but. They gotta tighten it up. Yeah, yeah, they do. They've gotta tighten it up. They gotta. They've kind of gotta figure some things out, and I think they're still figuring that out. I think there's some. I think there was some pressure on them, and I mean, with as yeah. much money had they spent to get this, and then as much money as they spent to actually make it, I think you can kind of feel some of the pressure that they the people yeah. had who were making this, and right. maybe if they with next next season, uh, like I said, obviously we still have one episode to go, but maybe once we get into season two, there's you know people kind of be a little bit more relaxed, and they can kind of enjoy it a little bit more because. Well, also, wait till House of the Dragon decides when they're putting out season right, two. Right, don't go straight up do against it. it. Yeah, and go four months later. Yeah, or four months before or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, technically, this is the end of the week. So let's do, let's do our our things that we're looking forward to because technically we are at the end of the week. Uh, normally we. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's not let's not do recommendations just yet. Let's do our things okay. that we're looking forward to. So, what are some things that you are currently looking forward to before we sign off? So I saw where uh, our guy Glenn Powell from uh, Maverick, yes. uh, Hangman, and uh, Raj Jean Page from um, Bridgerton. They have, uh, and he was in uh, The Gray Man as well. Okay, uh, he's a becoming guy. He was like the star of right. Bridgerton season one. Yeah, uh, they have <laughs> signed up by Amazon of all people. Uh, to be in a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid type show. Oh, cool. That sounds good. So I was like, that has promise. Yeah, it does. That does so, have promise. Uh, so I'm uh, very, very excited about that. Uh, and then I saw where Vince Gilligan, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, has signed his next show with Apple Plus. Oh, okay. And he, w- and he was given two seasons off the bat, and it stars Ray Seahorn, who was like the breakout star from Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. So I'm, uh, you know, we're not 
probably going to see these for a year or more. Right. But I, I am very, very excited about both of those. Okay, cool. Uh, one thing I'm excited about that after we record our Andor episode, I'm going to go watch. Uh, that is the Marvel Halloween special Werewolf by Night. Uh, it oh, is, yeah, yeah. It released today, so I hope to watch it, and I plan to watch that here in just a little while. Uh, so that's kind of at, towards the top of my list. But also... The there was a new trailer that released for Wakanda Forever. Uh, it looks look Wakanda Forever looks really good. They are <laughs> like if it's not going to be Shuri, that's going to be the the new yeah. Black Panther. That seems pretty. It, it they're doing a really good fake out of this because they even like give like a really good picture of her in, in the new trailer. So, uh, but look, really looking forward to that. It's going to be kind of a long film, uh, so kind of buckle in for that one. Um, I did buy my tickets for me and my son, and I think it's 161 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, so that's uh, a long one. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be one you gotta kind of buckle in for. So, uh, but it's ending a phase. So uh, it's ending phase four. So that's I guess it's become one of those big huge films. But uh, really looking forward to it. I mean, Ryan Coogler is is really good. I expect yeah. him to. Be be really good with this and from what i have heard is you know they did they they decided you know what we're going to take look is the tragedy that is chadwick boseman his passing his death as bad as it is you know it presents an opportunity to create great storytelling i mean that's i mean as you know it's it's sad and it's awful but i mean they gave them an opportunity so they completely reworked the story from what from what i have heard is it's an amazing story now look obviously we i've got to see it first but i'm really looking forward to it that new trailer looks absolutely fantastic i can't wait to see see what they've done because i feel like this is going to be the best the best of the phase four films and i could be wrong about that but it it really feels that way so all right i guess that kind of wraps us up anything else you want to add before we sign off i just want to tell everybody we appreciate you joining us and we will talk to you next time and we hope to not have an issue like we had earlier in the week. Yes, we hope not. So. Stay on schedule. <laughs> That's right. That is our plan to always stay on schedule. But you know what? Things happen. So. That's right. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.